Senior Focus. Welcome everyone. I'm Anne-Marie Curry, your presenter for this program of Senior Focus. Great to have you along. And with a big apology uh, for some of the disruption that we're having currently, we've been uh, trying to operate without being ha- having access to our studio. It's quite difficult. And today I'm recording on the end of a phone in the public library in the quietest nook and cranny I can find. Uh, but sometimes it's in a park, sometimes it's on the street, and there's background noise or there's uh, interruptions, uh, things I can't control. And I've listened to some of the recent broadcasts and noticed that occasionally things are finishing mid-sentence. We're losing um, sound quality from certain guests and uh, that's not their fault, but it's just part and parcel of the difficulties that we're under at the moment. And we have got wonderful new premises to look forward to in April and some exciting programs upcoming. So with our theme of looking at changes that are proposed uh, to our planning laws and how we're going to permit three stories to be built in Auckland with one metre side yards and other um, intensification aspects. Um, we have had two guests so far commenting on this and I'm proposed a panel which will have uh, planners and architects on it and individuals who have already been working in the background to try and uh, generate a campaign to oppose the worst of this legislation. It's obviously been passed, but now the provision sits with council as to what kinds of uh, matters will be able to be considered as part and parcel of um, exceptions the legislation and it's getting heritage buildings properly protected that's uh, the goal of uh, a number of groups umbrella groups across the region working together so we'll be having people from those groups on the panel and we may do it more than once so because there's a number of issues to canvas and we only have half an hour at a time so watch the space. Um, the Herald on the weekend had a front page coverage of some of the impacts of this legislation. It mostly focused on the loss of heritage buildings, but as we did in our previous program, there is the Slum City aspect, the aspect of uh, creating a number of long, narrow lanes uh, servicing these apartment blocks that could add to crime and lack of safety. Uh, there's the difficulty of getting access into properties because of the narrow streets. Too narrow for buses and not adequate for ambulance coverage and so on. So there's a number of issues that we need to look at in depth. So as I say, watch the space because we will be doing more on this and we'll be alerting you to to um, deadline or getting feedback to council. 
Now today I want to talk about the cost of living because that also was um, subject of a large article in the Herald and it's a problem for the Prime Minister because it's a perfect storm. It's a situation of a large number of things coming together at once. COVID shortages and then delays, of course, the price rises. Uh, the inflation that's hitting with um, not only house prices and rents, but with actual servicing and maintaining of buildings. Uh, lots of prices had been held uh, during the two years of the worst impacts of COVID and people having to now put up their prices in order to stay in business. And this is impacting across the board. And then the Russian-Ukraine situation is um, pushing the oil prices up. So we have got these rising fuel costs now heading at, uh, towards $3 a litre. Uh, this is really going to have a major impact on the cost of goods and services. So how can you deal with this on the pension at, if your average is 440 a week, and I know some people get more and some people get less for different reasons, but even if, you, if, you, if we took 400 as a rule of thumb, uh, your increase at, say, 7% inflation uh, would be a $30 a week increase in cost. So how do you manage that? And I'm going to suggest today one of the ways of managing that is to pick or focus on five major things. The first is the cost of power because that is competitively managed with suppliers who are obviously wanting to procure customers off other suppliers. So by finding out who's got the cheapest supply in your area, you can be doing yourself a favour. How do you do that? Well, you get hold of someone who, is, if you're not computer savvy, get hold of someone who is and use power switch and uh, investigate through the website, punch in your data of your address and they will give you ratings for who has the cheapest the good thing that you should be um, aware of is that there are some companies that still offer a low tariff rating. So if you live alone and you're a single user of power, you won't be using a large amount and there are low tariffs for such people. Not all companies offer them. And this is where your power bill may have gone up because you've been switched from a low user rate to a higher rate. You might not have been aware of that because it's done automatically. If they take the lower rate away, they just put you on a higher rate. They don't even ask you. So it pays to find out who's got the lower rates and switch to that company or, or one of those companies. So that's my suggestion for power. So the second item is clothes. We all need to replace items of clothing and from time to time um, we have things that have accidents and we need to throw them away and so on. Now op shops are full to the gunnels. They are full to overflowing at the moment. There's plenty of stock and if you don't live in an area where there are good op shops 
go to the North Shore, find out where they are and take a group with you, do carpooling and all go on a trip and an outing. You might be very surprised. A lot of people wear clothes once or twice and show them out. So brand new designer clothes are available at very low cost. So you might get an icebreaker merino top for 6 or $8 that would cost 150 to 200 brand new. And it possibly is brand new. So there you go. Um, really worthwhile um, finding uh, these wonderful bargains uh, and turn it into a fun trip. Uh, the third thing we can save is on petrol. Now, you can start up a carpool. If you're going regularly with other seniors to any uh, location, with a little ingenuity, you can start up a carpool and organise regular trips that will actually save you all money. That's particularly important at the moment with the bus drivers having to self-isolate with Omicron because so many services are being cancelled at short notice. So you can turn up at the bus stop, but there's no guarantee the bus will be coming anytime soon. And no warning because there's no electronic board if it's a local service unless it's at the shop. You may find that you haven't got the app on the smartphone to be able to track the bus to see where it is. So therefore you don't even know whether it's coming or not. So my suggestion is try carpooling. Uh, and also maybe an Uber account. Not any Uber account, though, but a local driver. I noticed that some people are setting up Uber-type businesses. They're just setting themselves up in business. They're an Uber driver, but they don't work for Uber. They work for themselves. And so you're helping local families directly this way by employing someone like that. Uh, it, you're putting money in their pockets, and at the same time, you're getting yourself from A to B reliably and safely. And, and there are women doing this, and so it's very safe for other females to use such a service. Uh, you can insist on mask wearing and um, vaccination certificates and anything else that you want, but um, it's, a, it's a deal done between the two of you. Another area where you can save is uh, if you go with children, you can sometimes find that you're given incentives. So I noticed that one of the local supermarkets is offering free espresso um, coffee on a Monday if you shop with a child. And so I would recommend that if you have grandchildren living in the area, this is a good way to capitalise on, on getting out and getting a free coffee. After all, the coffee is $5. And if you're going and having coffee once or twice a week, that's $10. It's that's a third of your uh, inflation increased costs uh, that you're mopping up and you don't have to actually cover the real costs. So thinking about what you can cut back on and how you can cut back on it, um, that's one suggestion. I would also say that it's always worthwhile to get yourself three quotes. If you thinking about any job, any services that you're going to procure, 
uh, whether it's a dentist, a, do- uh, a specialist, a um, lawyer, um, an accountant, uh, a builder or repairer, uh, three written quotes, including the GST factor, uh, and viability, how long does the quote last for? This is really helpful because then you can line up and compare them and weed out some difficulties. Quite often in the course of giving your suggestions about what has to be in the quote, you can actually negotiate around the corner and decide what aspects of the deal are critical what makes the difference? What were you are you prepared to give up if you want to achieve a quote? Um, what bits? What might you do yourself? And uh, and what standard you will expect at the end? Nothing. The more you can specify things in the quote. Um, so I would write a prelim to the quote. Uh, letting the person know exactly what your terms are and what you expect. And then it's up to them to uh, utilise that in the way they present the quote. If they have any sense, that's what they'll do. But um, some people today uh, <laughs> are roaring to themselves. That's why it's so important to be able to have comparisons. So never, never make a decision on one quote or own and always have three and Sometimes uh, what looks like the best quote isn't always the best quote and it pays to actually go through and thoroughly tease out the elements. If you're unsure at all, trust your gut, don't go ahead and even get somebody else to ring and check these out for you on your behalf. It may save you a lot of um, angst and worry and time and money in the long run. So today, if you've worked on your own budget, you might also be aware that uh, the rates have been discussed and the annual budget is coming out for council and this is the consultation document. But the date by which you can give feedback is the 28th of March. It's coming up very soon. So I suggest you go to the local library because the local library has a consultation document um, and all 80-odd pages of it are there for you to wade through. So you don't have to look at every board area and every part of the region unless you have specific interests that you're trying to follow across all those board areas. But you will be able to see comparisons of how much money has been spent in your board area compared to other areas. But you also will be able to see what your uh, priorities are of your board and whether they fit with what you think the priorities are. And at the same time, uh, there are some other measures for feedback which are really quite significant and important. One of these is the future of the Tupuna Maunga Authority Operational Plan, um, how they uh, propose to deal with um, rates and revenue and financing policy, um, 
how local boards are going to have increased decision making over community services and that's about time because we need more democracy in the Auckland Council envelope. It's been um, a bit too top heavy for some time and local boards haven't had enough say. So this is a, a positive area of part five other matters for feedback. Uh, discussion about the rate spend itself and uh, what assets are going to be recycled, how Auckland will um, be more ready for natural disasters, um, what's their prioritisation plan for implementing cost reductions across the whole of council. So there are some interesting things to dwell on. So you may be able to find things you support as well as things you don't support. But you can't say that you didn't have an opportunity to actually give this feedback if you don't try. Um, there is a, a, a summarised report form to make it easy for you um, and then you can add extra pages to that. Your librarian will help you in terms of actually doing an online submission. Uh, also printing any um, additional pages out if you want to do them on the computer at the library and have assistance with the library and help you. That's all part of the service. So you don't have to sweat it. And I guess the one good thing about this that it, it brings up what the priorities of council are. It brings up how they are um, structuring transport, stormwater, parks and communities, economic and cultural development and environmental management and what are they, where, where their budget is going in these areas, how much is going in these areas. And of course transport has the lion's share and 4,200 million of capex and 1,733 of OPEX, its operations, um, CAPEX, CAPEX, So those are significant figures and represent at least 40% of the council budget, probably more. I haven't done the exact figures. So transport's one to focus on. It's definitely something that everyone has strong feelings about and uh, there, are, there are many, many rights and inadequacies if you're looking at having a city that caters for a growing population and offers good public transport. Uh, there's a shortfall here and it's not just a funding shortfall. So it's also in the design and planning and I guess with an ageing population we do need to look at what are the most important types of services are needed, older people. Where, where, is, the, where is the gap? Where are the gaps and where are the um, situations that drive people batty and drive them away from um, public transport because that's what we really need to address. I won't go into that here because we had a lot of programs that have dealt with transport in the past 
very fully and by professionals uh, that work in the field. That's not my area, but I do use public transport myself regularly, and so I have got uh, great sympathy for the drivers, but at the same time, uh, I'm also aware that it's very difficult if you're just standing at a bus stop or if the bus doesn't come because it's cancelled. And so we need to actually look at better ways of coordinating uh, what are the what are the alternatives and how do we um, create notice boards for public to communicate with each other about carpooling and that sort of thing. I think that when we had Carlos Days, we did quite well at this. And that was way back in the 80s. And we're way on, 40 years on from that. We should be able to do better than what we're doing. So time for a break. And for the music today, I've chosen Love and Affection by Joan Nala Trading. And I hope you enjoy this. And just sit back, chill out, and we'll be back shortly. I am not in love. But I'm open to persuasion East or west Where's the best For romancing With a friend I can smile But with a lover I could hold my hand back But will it laugh, will it laugh
welcome back everyone. I hope you enjoyed the music. And as we uh, wind up for this session, I just want to um, say that there is a, um, a value in giving your feedback. You might feel um, that you've done lots of submissions in the past or you've given lots of feedback to um, annual plans and budgets and so on and given feedback to your local board. You may feel bound off doing it. But if you don't take the opportunity, then um, once that window is passed, there's not a lot you can do about the consequences. And if there's a group of you who feel strongly, for example, if there were a number of heritage um, properties in your street, but a third of them were considered low level of value, of low level value and didn't actually qualify under the council criteria. That would mean those ones would then be at risk under this new legislation. Now, if a third of the heritage buildings disappear in your street, what does that actually do for the character of the street? How does that impact on your property? And again, if you lose your son because um, people build three stories on each side of you, um, that affects your quality of life in older age. I mean, we all value sitting out in the sun. It's good for us. But if you can't sit home uh, and you have to leave home to do it, it's not so good. What matters to you in um, the next 10 years and where you're living and how you're living your neighbourhood, that should be your criteria for the lens that you put over the feedback that you're giving at this time. And uh, you, in a, there is a space where you can make comments about any other matters. So you're not restricted to what the um, budget document is about. And that means you can actually give strong feedback about this legislation uh, within the confines of the annual budget because, after all, there will be um, cost implications in what's happening. I mean, if, for example, there's a massive legal action against the council for not protecting these heritage sites, this could tie up an awful lot of um, council funds for an awful long period of time. It could be a very expensive exercise. So that's a consideration that needs to be spelt out. I mean, it's something I'm sure council's aware of, but it's more important than to know that you're politically aware of that. So keep listening because we will have more on this and the uh, nooks and crannies of this uh, legislation, it's, it's um, possible outcomes. So thank you for listening today and we look forward to having you with us ongoing and especially into the future in our new building. Thank you very much. Get together with Senior Focus next Sunday at 5.25pm on Planet FM 104.6 or listen online at any time at planetaudio.org.nz forward slash Senior Focus and do note Senior Focus is one word.